the term special to describe Najee Harris more than once since his arrival in Pittsburgh. And each time I've been careful to acknowledge that the term itself shouldn't be tossed around lightly. Now I hope after yesterday that there's more of an understanding as to why it was used. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. And I do mean good Monday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. Steelers 27, Broncos 19. So, so many things went so well that I could probably put together five or six of these daily shots today alone with one breaking down each facet. Most of them, believe it or not, on offense. We could go over Ben Roethlisberger. We could go over Chase Claypool making big plays. Deontay Johnson, two catches, but both of them were huge. We could go over the offensive line. We could go over Chooksakora for, despite the problem with false starts, rendering Von Miller invisible. We could go over the rest of the line. We could go over the tight ends contributing. We could go over Matt Canada coming up with plays that looked a whole lot more like what we had expected all along. We could mention the defense, too, while we're at it. They looked pretty good for three quarters. Then they lost Devin Bush, and then the Broncos started picking on James Pierre, but Pierre had the last laugh. We could go over all of this stuff. But the fact of the matter, at least from this one perspective, is that this game was decided on the first offensive snap, in a way. It was Najee up the middle for six yards. First down. First down. He had 14 first down carries in this game for 57 yards. Did you know that? 14 times the Steelers stuck it in the Broncos' faces that they were going to be predictable and turn around and hand the ball to their star running back. And despite that, they still were able to get 57 yards. And oh, by the way, one of those carries was the one-yard plunge into the end zone. And another one was the only time Najee was really stuffed at the line. It was another one-yarder. So take all that and you've got 12 carries for 55 yards on first down. They knew what they wanted to do. They didn't care that Denver knew what they wanted to do. And this player, whether or not he had blocks, and my goodness, was he generous about the blocking that he received when I brought that up with him after the game. Well, I mean, I just want to just, you know, I'm more than excited about what everybody's doing um, in, the, in the offensive line, especially Coach Clem. And um, how KG and Dan, you know, because the rookies, they really stepped up. And from week one all the way to now, you can see the improvement on tape. I know that 
you know, I said a lot that the stat sheet doesn't look like it, but you know, we all, all of us running backs, uh, you know, tell the difference of, of how much they're improving, and you know, to come out here and for them to to do how good they do, you know, I feel like you know this whole press conference should be more just about them, you know, other than me, because they did an amazing job, and I told them that every time that um, we got on the sideline, even in the game, of how good they were doing. So I mean, good for him. That's great. You you want your young running backs to understand who sets the table for them. So he's doing and saying and acting out all the right things. But you know what? The problem is, Najee, we also watched the game, and we saw the extra yardage that you picked up on your own, how you were turning skinny through the line, how a three-yard gain became a seven-yarder or an eight-yarder, and all of a sudden the Steelers had second and two and third and two. They were able to try things, including throwing the ball deep. Everything really began with this player, with this special player. When you want to talk about special, it's one thing to just evaluate talent, you know, raw talent, things you were born with, athletic talent. It's something else for Najee to tell us afterward and this would be confirmed, that he spent some of the past week sitting in the classroom with the offensive line. He sat with those guys. He's not one of them. Why was he in there? Because, as he told us, he wanted to learn more about what they were learning. All of the pressure, all week long, according to Najee, according to Ben, according to Trey Turner, was on the offensive line. These guys were under a microscope inside headquarters. They were under the most wicked form of pressure, and that is peer pressure, to become better in a great big hurry. So everyone was doing everything that they could to help them along. Najee's in the classroom with them. Najee's not only absorbing what it is that they're absorbing at the same time, but he chimes in. He shows the offensive line. He talks to the offensive line about what he needs in a certain situation, about what he prefers, about something that he really appreciated that they did or thought they could have done a little bit better. One of the things that I've heard myself about Adrian Clem, the offensive line coach, is that he is not at all shy about asking for help. And as many criticisms have been levied against the line and against Clem in particular, and believe me, I've been at the forefront of those, I'll always appreciate someone who shows some humility and says, hey, I can't do this myself. I need everybody on board here. Well, they got on board. They got on board. This special running back slash person got on board. And it made all the difference. I really believe that. I just don't like in a team sport singling out one guy, especially when that team has 53 players on it, and doubly so when they all perform 
as far above the line as they did yesterday. And they really did. If the one worst player you can cite in the game was James Pierre, all he did was win it in the end. You know what I mean? But there was one player, in fact, got this started before the game and obviously during the game. And man, is Pittsburgh lucky to have him. Just wait. Just wait. When we come back, just one question. one question that's always brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly and George, LGKG. They've been representing people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed for medical malpractice claims in our region for over 80 years. LGKG have been designated super lawyers. That's reserved for the top 5% of all attorneys in our state. Learn more about them at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's J1Q comes from Jack, and it's four whole words. Did Von Miller play? Wow. You know, Von Miller's funny in the sense that he's one of those guys that you are aware of obviously hall of fame trajectory can do everything and has done so much damage that you've seen on tv against other teams not against pittsburgh not against pittsburgh so i gotta come clean here let you know that i've never held him in anywhere near that esteem because i place probably a lopsided portion of my own analysis on what it is that I witness, you know? I mean, the best parallel I can come up with is in another sport, and that's Mike Trout in baseball. Like, I never see the dude play, you know? And he's just universally accepted as the best player in baseball. I covered him one series out in Anaheim in 2019 against the Pirates at three games, and he did nothing. (laughs) That's my impression of him, you know? But Von Miller is who he is. And in this game, who he was, was a defensive player lined up at edge rusher going against an immobile quarterback who came away with no solo tackles, two assists, and zeros all the way across the board. Now, why is that? Why is that? You have to give credit first and foremost, to Chooks. I didn't like Chooks' game early on. He looked like he had happy feet, and then he started to show the world his happy feet. He committed, by my very informal count, four false starts of his own at right tackle. He was flagged, and lucky to be flagged, for only two of those. And I'm looking on the sideline, there's Joe Haig, who you didn't even notice last week in Green Bay. He was so efficient. Why are they not using this guy? 
Why are they going right back to Chooks? Who is Chooks to be anointed this way? And then Chooks just kept getting the job done. And good for him. Good for him. This is one of those cases, and I cite these all the time for you, the happy-to-be-wrong cases. You can take a stance, you can feel it and everything else, but then when you watch something else play out in front of your eyes, don't be stubborn about it, okay? That, that's just been the way I've carried on through life. And there's no reason that something as comparatively insignificant as football should sway that in any other direction. Chooks had a terrific game. Chooks had a game that you would hope he can use as a springboard if and when Zach Banner returns next week against Seattle, if Banner takes longer, if Banner does come back next week, you can bet that Chooks will slide across to left tackle, which of course is going to represent another challenge in that even though he's played it historically, he'll now be moving to a new position in midseason right after having had his most accomplished game and everything else here. But I'm I'm glad you brought this up, Jack. I am, because we're rough enough on this offensive line, and I strongly suspect we'll continue to be that at different points in the season. But when they do well, when one of them does well, it's worth pointing out, and it's fair to do so. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. Maybe it'll be like a more upbeat week around here, huh? What do you say? What do you say? Let's try it again tomorrow.